May all grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and Christ our Savior. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson today from Isaiah 52 will serve as the basis for the sermon this morning. I remember years ago how excited I used to be on Christmas Eve and how excited I used to be about Christmas. Remember those endless nights of staying up all night in my room because I just couldn't wait. The anticipation was too great. I just couldn't wait to see what was under the tree the next day. I remember walking around that tree the day before and seeing big packages and small packages and thinking they were all mine, forgetting that I had to, you know, share them with the rest of my family. Uh, I remember staying up, and it was like I was keeping watch for, for something. Maybe I was trying to catch Santa in the act, or I just couldn't wait. Uh, and then I remember very vividly the din of noise on Christmas morning, the joyful noise, right? The wrapping paper flying all around the room, my grandparents and my parents talking, my sister and I, you know, rep, ripping through things, and the, the noise that came out of all the electronics, and my poor parents sitting on the couch half awake, cups of coffee in their hands. And, you know, it was a racket nonetheless, but it, but it was a joyful racket. But it seems like just as soon as it started, it was over with. Didn't last very long, did it? Not when you're a kid, at least. And, you know, now, I have to be honest with you, I'm not as excited about Christmas anymore, at least not the way that I was when I was a child. Now I can't get to bed soon enough on Christmas Eve, and on Christmas morning I'm fighting the alarm clock for hours on end. I don't want to get up. <laughs> I'd rather sleep all day, right? And you know, um, the noise that surrounds Christmas nowadays just seems to be different as well. The chaos that comes with Christmas can't get over soon enough for me. I don't know why that is. I think it's not that I'm trying to be bah humbug or anything like that. I guess what really gets me is that the joy that's supposed to be there for Christmas is, well, it's misdirected. It's misplaced. It's like we've almost forgotten that what Christmas is all about. That without Christmas, we can't have Easter. If we can't celebrate the coming of Christ the first time, we're not going to celebrate the risen Christ the second time. Then we've lost our hope. Then we've lost what celebrating God is all about. God being our Savior. You know, there needs to be a joyful noise on Christmas, that's for sure. Because the good news of what God has done for His creation is too great to be quietly noted. Way before the advent of Christ, which would be something new for creation, something different than what people knew of God, God was known as Savior. Being a Savior is a part of who God is, has always been, and will always be. And it's something that's been praised throughout the ages. Today, Isaiah shows us that giving voice to witness and praise to God as Savior is nothing new, nor is it a novel concept, but it's something that's genuinely experienced by people who long for the return of Christ, and through faith by people who know what the good news is all about. So in our text today from Isaiah 52, there is a joyful racket going on. There's a din of noise uh, going on from the messenger to the watchman, to Jerusalem itself. In the days of Isaiah, Jerusalem sat ransacked. The people were misplaced. 
Jerusalem was destroyed by the, by the Babylonians. The Israelites were in captivity to them. And God's temple sat ransacked and empty. And to the people of Jerusalem, it looked bleak. It looked like God had abandoned them or he had been defeated. Because the general thought back in the day of those people were that the gods went to war with one another. And so maybe to these people in, in there in Jerusalem, it looked like God just failed. Like, he, like he'd been defeated. Or because his temple sat empty, like God didn't care about him, and like he abandoned them. What kind of God abandons his temple? The kind of God who doesn't intend to return there. But God didn't abandon his people. God hadn't been defeated. God was doing something new. And so today we hear about how God does something new. About how God sends this messenger to tell the people good news. Here comes that joyful voice in the messenger in, in Isaiah this morning. Bringing good news of happiness. Publishing peace and salvation. And proclaiming the great news of Jerusalem that your God reigns. Who wouldn't like to hear something like that? Your God hasn't been defeated. He's alive and well. He's coming back for you. Get out of your misery. God's doing something new, folks. He's not going back to what you once knew. He's doing something even better. Certainly something to be joyous about, right? Telling somebody that God is not defeated, but he's actually alive, and that he's still king of the world, that's something to be joyous about this morning. And then there's the voices of all the watchmen. Now, the watchmen were the prophets. That's Isaiah, Malachi, and Hosea, and all those people. They're called this morning to lift up their voices, singing for joy, because they've seen the beautiful feet of the messenger from their lofty perches in the watchtower. And they've heard the good news of the messenger, and they've seen eye to eye the return of the Lord. And so they're lifting their voices up, too. Who doesn't like to hear good news, especially when they're, they, they feel hopeless and abandoned and mired in misery? Joyful indeed. And then there's Jerusalem herself. A city, a people in captivity, sitting in ruins among the ashes. And they're being called by the watchman and by the messenger to join in the fray, to join in this joyful racket and lift up their voices this is what Isaiah says. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. In other words, break in a joyful praise because God's alive and well. God's coming back. God's going to rescue you from your enemies and take away your misery and put an end to it all. By the way, God's your Savior. Your God reigns. All these voices coming together, from the messenger to the watchman to Jerusalem, all making this joyful racket this morning, lifting up their voices and witness and praise to God. They have hope and joy as they're sitting in the ruins, and they're called to be in the fray of a joyful racket. This message that Isaiah delivers to Jerusalem is one of restoration. But it's also a message that foreshadows for us the advent of the ultimate Savior, the advent of Christ, 
and the ultimate message of restoration of salvation. Which brings us full circle back to this morning and why we're here. We need to put Christ back in Christmas. As cliche as that sounds. For many, Christmas is a time of year that's, well, quite honestly, uber depressing. Whether it's the loss of a loved one that's causing that depression or health issues or financial woes or relationship problems. There's many people who are hurting in this world today. And when the holidays come rolling around, they don't have much joy. That's what happens to us in society when we forget about Christ and what God does for us. That even happens to Christians. Christians inside the body of Christ and the people outside of it that need to We need to bear witness to Christ in what God's doing. He's doing something new. He's bringing forth. There's people out there that need to hear, your God reigns. You know, the problem is that it seems like Christ is missing from Christmas. Reminds me of the TV reporter back in the 1990s who was interviewing people in in Tokyo during the Christmas holiday season. And believe it or not, in Japan... Christmas shopping is every bit as much a commercial success as it is here in the States. So around went this reporter, and he caught this one young woman who had her hands full of gifts, and he says, what does Christmas mean to you? And she kind of laughed, and she says, is that the day that Christ died? You know, there's a lot of truth in that statement. Maybe that is the day that Christ died. The day that Christmas became so commercialized and all about the trees and the gifts and and, and everything else that goes along with it that we've really forgotten what Christmas is really about. The advent of our King. The birth of our Savior. The announcement. The beautiful feet of the messenger. The proclamation of peace and the announcement that your God reigns. You know, with the birth of Christ... God says, as Isaiah says, bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the world, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. With the birth of Jesus, we see the beautiful feet of the messenger. But it's not just the feet. It's the message that comes along with that feet. With the birth of Christ, we're given hope for restoration, and we experience the good news of salvation. With the birth of Christ, we're called to join in the joyful racket with the watchman and the messenger and the people throughout the ages. We're called to bear witness to the hope that you and I have been given in our baptisms. To raise our voice in thanks and praise so that all the earth can hear the good news of the salvation of God. So just as we do on Easter morning, when we get to say for the first time in 40 days, He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. We gather as a family here this Christmas morning, joining our voices together, called to lift our voices with the messenger and the watchman to bear witness to the world. And we get to say, He is born. He is born indeed. Hallelujah. And to God be all the glory. Amen.